Support for this show comes from Slack. You're a growing business and you can't afford to slow down. If anything, you could probably use a few more hours in the day. That's why the most successful growing businesses are working together in Slack. Slack is where work happens with all your people, data, and information in one AI-powered place. Start a call instantly in huddles and ditch cumbersome calendar invites. Or build an automation with Workflow Builder to take routine tasks off your plate. No coding required. Grow your business in Slack. Visit slack.com to get started. Hi, everyone. This is Pivot from the Vox Media Podcast Network. I'm Kara Swisher, back in San Francisco. And this is Scott Galloway. I'm in my kitchen in San Francisco, so here we are. Nice, nice. Yeah. All right, what are we talking about this week? There's so much. So much. There's so much. I'm here to see a lot of moguls this week. I'm visiting, I'm on my mogul fest this week. So uh, I have a lot to, I'll have a lot more next week when I'm done talking to all of them. I'm talking to pretty much all of them. Um, But big stories this week, I think, I talked this morning to the BBC about the Disney, about Netflix results, which were were better than Wall Street expected, but a lot of worries in their stock went down because of a number of things, including possibly slowing subscribers, uh, their uh, competition from Disney, which is selling a new service that is pretty much half price of of the best, the most popular Netflix offering. Um, and then, you know, movement by Apple in the space. So just thoughts on this, on the Disney streaming service. So uh, th- this is really, uh, first off, their stock's very volatile because monopolies hate it when there might be another player. And Netflix yeah. Netflix kind of was becoming the first company other than Amazon that was achieving sort of this monopoly-like status where they had access to such incredibly cheap capital where they were able basically to crush the competition because the marketplace seemed to have stopped evaluating them on the traditional metrics they apply to any other media firm. They were now valuing Mm -hmm. them solely on subscriber growth. And now that they have a viable competitor, um, everyone's sort of freaking out about whether or not, you know, what it means for Netflix. Everyone's trying trying to figure it out. The Disney, Disney, um, Disney Plus, Hulu, and what's the third one? Oh, ESPN Plus. Is really mm-hmm. fascinating, and it's right. it's taken a long time. It's taken a long. It's like years now that yeah. Netflix has been catching the money and putting sending it to Hollywood. Billions and billions in content deals that they've been doing with big names like they've been snatching Shonda Rhimes, they Ryan Murphy, all kinds of people. Yeah, and it's tough because they have to. And I think uh, Bob Iger is one of the few people that could do this, and Disney's one of the few companies that has the capital and the content li- library to be a viable competitor to Netflix. But what they really had to do, which is difficult, is start pulling stuff from Netflix, which in the short term will hit their revenues. And mm-hmm. unfortunately, the majority of companies have investors that get very used to this thing called profits and damage you or hit you pretty hard when your profits go down, right. which they likely will for Disney in the short run as it starts to pull pull um, uh, its content from folks who are paying them, including, including uh, Netflix. The interesting thing here, one of the interesting things here is that what I think they should have done, what I think they should have done is offered one grand bargain package. And I'll come, uh, you know, I want to come back to that because I have a bit of a, I have a bit of a, right. a, a rant on it. But what are, Good. how are people responding? What's the kind of the word on the street in terms of? Well, a couple things. One, one that it's taken so long for these guys. Mm-hmm. I mean, Netflix has been doing this. You know, remember when uh, Jeff Bukas called them, I think, Lithuania. Albania, the Albanian army. Albania. 
Yeah, yeah, right. They they made fun of them. And then they started really spending money and pulling in talent, both them and Amazon, but Netflix to a greater degree. They have so many offerings, too. They they, they funded so many shows. And just recently, the, the bloom has been a little off the rose when they started canceling things, um, like One Day at a Time, which was super popular. They were being much more inclusive, much more diverse. So Hollywood was loving the money and everything else, including Disney, who was getting money from fees, from getting these shows yeah. on, the, on the air, the, not the original shows. But as Netflix started to do original shows, I think everyone was like, wow, look at them. They're not just like a data service, essentially, although they have plenty of data. Um, so everyone was sort of in love with this idea. And I thought it was super interesting. And they were too expensive to buy. Like they're too now to, you know, Yahoo could, was looking at them at one point. Certainly yeah. Amazon would have. There's all kinds of companies that could have looked at them. And so, you know, people are sort of like, is this going to be it finally that Disney and Apple and others awaken? Or will it be the same thing where Disney's tried things like coming into the Internet and pretty much failed many years ago in a search kind of way? They were trying to do a version of Yahoo. And then, you know, Apple is not known for content. It's known for devices. And it, it tried a few shows out that didn't work. But now they, you know, they're grabbing Oprah and Steven Spielberg and uh, again, not a young demo, and uh, Reese Witherspoon and some others. So, you know, it's they're they're actually making some moves that are significant, I guess. So people are nervous for for Netflix. Yeah, it's 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 going to be um, it's going to be fascinating. The the thing that what I find most interesting about this is the pricing, and mm-hmm. that is, and this is where I think they messed up. And that is, rather than sort of this grand bargain, big uh, singular offering, similar to what Netflix does. They've, seven bucks. they've attempted to segment the marketplace. And that is, they said, okay, there's sports people, ESPN Plus, there's adult, that's going to be adult content, that's going to be Hulu. Um, and then, uh, you know, where we watch uh, future societies or dystopian societies do terrible things to the Gilmore girl. And then mm-hmm. there's, uh, <laughs> and then there's uh, a Disney Plus, which is going to be kind of this great family offering. And if you look at sort of, I, I think Disney is one of the last of the Mohicans, and that is it practices traditional brand management. And then it says, okay, where are different pockets we can segment with a more specific offering and, and take advantage of any excess income or pricing power there rather than one just big singular offering. And I think what you've seen, you saw from 1945 to 1995 in the introduction of Google, is that the companies that added the most shareholder value were these multi-brand conglomerates or what we refer to in brand strategy as a house of brands. So P&G, Unilever, General Motors with Buick, Pontiac, Cadillac for, the, for your boss, right? And they segmented different marketplaces and they, they just printed money. And I would argue over the last mm-hmm. 20 years that the majority of the companies that have added extraordinary shareholder value aren't houses of brand but branded houses – because consumer, wait, 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 say that again slowly, please. Sure. So the companies now that have added the most of shareholder value over the last twenty years have not been houses of brands, but branded houses. So a Google, right, an Apple, where they basically put everything under kind of one brand. It, it, they've said, consumers are busy. We're going to be the brand that means something amazing: innovation and search, or innovation and tech hardware, mm-hmm. and everything's going to come under one umbrella. And we might give up some. Revenue, maybe we could charge a little bit more for this. Maybe we would be more appealing with a sub-brand. But we're going to practice safe sex, and we're not going to propagate all these new brands, which ultimately ends up like General Motors, where they have to kill Pontiac and Hummer because brands are just so expensive to kind of care and maintain for. And I think this is where Disney may have messed up. And I do think it's going to be hugely successful. But I thought the gangster move here for Iger would have been to have one incredible offering. Just call it Disney Flicks. So all of them? All of it. Sports. Kids, 
adult programming. Oh, and by the so way, Disney flicks with an X just to be an asshole, that kind of thing. Something like that. Yeah. And then uh, actually, that's not very Disney, Disney-esque. Um, and then even stuff like, okay, there is the majority of America that goes to Disney parks, but Disney Prime members get to go on their own days where it's less crowded. The best cabins on Disney cruises. They could have done so many interesting things and basically made it such that no household in America couldn't pay the $29, $39, $49 a month if they have kids. I think that right. was the way to go. But instead, they said, okay, let's try and figure out the nuance. Let's manage a series of brands. And what they failed to realize is that the primary mm-hmm. vehicle for creating that nuance and that differentiation between Pontiac, between Buick, between Tide, between gain detergent was this inc- right, they was, they're the same. was this incredibly powerful vehicle and cost-effective vehicle called broadcast television or ad-supported television. But the problem is nobody that has any disposable income now is watching ad-supported media because they're all watching Netflix or they're basically listening to podcasts like ours or they're fast-forwarding through stuff. And I think Disney has kind of missed or, or, or missed the boat here. I think the opportunity was for a much bigger offering and the reverting to this reflex muscle memory of traditional brand management, not recognizing that right, the world right. has changed. Mm-hmm. I see. That's interesting. That's interesting. Has Bob listened to you on any of these things? That wasn't much of a rant. Usually you're screaming. No, no. I think Bob um, Iger, I think that guy is incredible. And uh, I think his, yeah. his, his uh, wife, Willow Bay, a Stern grad, by the way, is an incredibly impressive person. They're yeah, I think this guy. I'm really pulling for. But I think, by the way, I think I think it's going to be an incredible offering. Um, but think about what they could do with this. And you want to talk about price discrimination? How much would? I mean, the reality is the sad reality is where you want to go in business is you want to go to the top ten or even the mm-hmm. top one percent because those are the folks that are aggregating all the all the incremental disposable income, right? Sure. What would? What do you think the million wealthiest households in America would pay for the next episode of Star Wars seven days early in their house? streamed into their house. I don't know. We've talked about that before. That's I talked about that years ago, the idea. They've never done it. They've never, you know, they've got all kinds of issues why they But don't. it's but it's coming done. though because be, it's coming. It's I coming can. because it used to be that the, the the theater release was the primary source of income. This year right. Netflix will do more revenue than the entire domestic No, I would like office. to get Endgame right now. You're right in. now. I want Endgame right now. I watched the 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 Infinity Stones the other night and then I was like I'd like Endgame now. I'm ready for it. I understand everything. I followed along and I I, I, I it's in my head for the moment. I would have immediately liked to pay and I would have paid 50 bucks for my kids yeah. to watch it with me, which was just the one movie. What's interesting is that they, you know, Disney did lose, you know, Shonda Rhimes. That was their, that was a big uh, star for them. Right. And she went over to Netflix. So that must've like, them. I wonder why they didn't try to keep her with this kind of yeah, thing. Yeah. It's going to be, it's going to be fascinating, but Disney, Disney is really, it, it's so nice to see them do this because there's very few people that are in a position to take on Netflix. And I think this is going to result mm-hmm. in more revenue being pushed into uh, some of the great jobs that the entertainment industry um, uh, supports. And I just think it's competition is going to be great. It's good for the content creators. Yeah. It's definitely good. It's going to be money everywhere, yeah. like all this money from Netflix, Apple, Amazon. You know, we should ma- we should make a movie, I think, at this point so that we can get some money and put it just like have a bidding war go on between all of them. What do you think? I'm in, but I thought we were Cagney and Lacey. I thought we were. Oh, well, yeah, that's true. We could do that. A new version. 80s we crime could drama. Down internet mysteries. Internet mysteries. There you go. I'm in. Thing. There's not that many. Like, what the hell is going on with Jack Dorsey, for example? Um, he appeared yesterday at, uh, at te- the TED conference, uh, which was not not the most um, difficult interview for him, uh, as you might imagine. But uh, but he was there. Uh, so is Ted is going on. I didn't know hat. about that. Ted is happening. Ted. Yeah, I oh. know. Ted. The Ted Got it. And what did he have to say? Anything interesting? Absolutely nothing. Yeah. 
like, I don't know, that he was going to be focused on topics of interest versus people. I think that was the takeaway. I mean, it was very, it was, it was quite a bit of a tongue bath for him. Um, but it was uh, mostly the topics he's going to focus. And that's how he's going to fix the situation. I'm like, Donald Trump owns Twitter now, my friend. So, and you made it. So how do you feel about that? That would be my first question. And then I'd be like, what's going on with the hat? Um, but uh, I wouldn't ask that. That's when you see people like that. when but you see I, people being interviewed, do you like want to rush the stage and say, I would do such a yes. better job interviewing this bozo? Oh, my God. Th- this is what I almost yelled the other day. I was <laughs> this interview. What, it, I, I literally was almost, I almost stood up and yelled, ask the fucking question. Like ask the question. Like it was like one of those roundup ant- questions. Yeah. Uh, 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 I was like, nah, nah, nah. ask the fucking it. question. The and ask out. like what's going on. Like, like if I had Jack Dorsey in the train, he's never going to do it with me because he only is going to meet me on t- crazy Twitter yeah. is like, what is going on? Like, that would be my, like, what is going on? All the people <laughs> in the world want to know what the hell is going on. Like with, you know, anyway, I, I just, uh, thank you. Yes, I do. I get very frustrated because I think reporters tend to like come things backwards. They don't want to be rude when they're physically in the same space as yeah. someone. Um, and so they tend that to doesn't like, bother you. Some people that say, doesn't bother you. Yes. Yeah, some people. It bothers me like crazy. Yeah. I literally want to jump up, and I tend to jump up and ask a question, and then they always go uh oh when they see me at the at the uh, microphone. Uh-oh. I like it. Stay that way. Don't you I be like you? <laughs> Don't go change. You be you. Me. I will be. Listen, uh, Uber IPO. I'm going to see Dara this yeah. week. Coaster Shahi. He's the CEO, and I'm seeing the Lyft guys too. But um, so. What do you think of this, the filings? So first off, I mean, the two words you're hearing more, you're hearing the same two words mm-hmm. over and over in every Lyft, or excuse me, in every um, uh, IPO planning meeting at Uber. And those two words are fucking Lyft. I mean, it, it literally, <laughs> it's like, imagine, you know, the opening ceremonies of every Olympics. I don't know when in 92, when Muhammad Ali with his Parkinson's in full bloom got up there and lit the lit the, um, the Olympic flame, one of the great moments in sport history, mm-hmm. a guy who'd had his medal stripped from him for refusing to, to register for the draft. When you had in Barcelona, that, that incredible archer, basically they take the camera outside the stadium and they're like, where's the camera going? And then all of a sudden they zoom in on this incredibly ribbed, gorgeous Spaniard and he picks up a bow and arrow and you're like, what the fuck is he going to do with that? And then he reaches it into the sky, pulls the bow back and boom, shoots this this inflamed arrow into the circle and they light the flame and it just sort of sets the tone for the entire Olympics. Well, the Lyft IPO is yeah. basically George Costanza like throwing up for the opening oh ceremonies. <laughs> Tell them that. It has literally, it's contaminated the entire, the, all the unicorns, the unicorn class here. They yeah. sh- ben, ben is going Yeah, they should have gotten together and said, whatever we do, we can't lift, go out, let Lyft go out first. Well, they had to go out first, though. You they think did. otherwise they'd get squashed? They, yeah. yeah. But wait, yeah, let's, re- let's re- revisit our prediction. Our prediction, 100 bucks opening day. We didn't get there. got to 90 bucks, and we said it would be 50 bucks within six mm-hmm. months. And what's it closed at today? Is it in the high 50s or what's it? Anyways, but know. back to the well, Uber IPO. Go. Okay, so. Let me check my, my there mobile you go. device on that. You have one of those? Okay. Wait, hold on. Let me, let me, let me check my one, Motorola. So. so the uh, Uber... You know, Lyft is no Uber, and Uber is a much different company than Lyft. So you have 58, 58. 58 there you go. 58. And by the way, 58. that will be its new all-time low, and looking forward, that'll be its all-time high. It'll never see that 56. number again. Look out below. All right, low is fifty-five, right? Yeah, that'll so that'll seem like the salad days in about thirty, sixty, one hundred and eighty mm-hmm. days. Anyways, the 
Okay. Uh, and by the way, I, I just got to notice all these analysts. Oh, it's at its low. No, it's at its lows. It was at the highest was. Yeah. All, no, it's all these lows, analysts keep going, keep going on going. saying they don't understand the unicorn class and they use terms like disruption. No one wants to talk about their numbers because the stock's going to 30 about the time Aswat the Motor and who is the god of valuation actually says, OK, this is this company is not worth 30 bucks, much less 20 bucks. Anyways, l- let's. I want Uber, my friend. Uber, I already okay, beat Uber. up 11 billion, on $11 billion, Oops. $2 billion in losses. This is a difficult business. Ride hailing is a is a really shitty business. But what Uber too. has, Uber has some real assets, right? They might have this mm-hmm. all kind of uh, elusive so far flywheel effect in ride hailing. And that is they have so much trust. It's such an incredible brand. They do such an incredible job that they're able to launch adjacent businesses. And Uber Eats looks like it might be a really great business, right? Yeah, because the others, Grubhub and the others are like shaking in their DoorDash all of them. They're probably done. I I just, uh, Uber Eats, I'm just hearing it everywhere and it seems like they do a great job. It's growing really fast. They're talking about getting into logistics, which would be interesting. They all threaten around the economics that what happens when autonomous comes. I think that's like Jeff Bezos talking about drones. I think it's a giant head fake. I don't think it ever really. So it's food food delivery. That's the beeswax, right? So right now, Raymond James just estimated the total takeout market in the U.S. This is from the Wall Street Journal. will reach $269 billion this year with online penetration rates rising from under 7% this year to 30%. Now, I've talked to a lot of restaurant owners in my area. I went to pick up takeout the other day, which apparently is like, you know, showing up with like a a horse and buggy restaurants. Um, but he was like, it's all Uber Eats and DoorDash. DoorDash. They, he was definitely talking about DoorDash. He likes them. Yeah. He liked them better. But um, but they, uh, they, they, he definitely was like, look, it's even eating out or, you know, eating um, the, the business, the ins- inside the restaurant business, too, which is because it, it's essentially taken what's happened in New York, which was all delivery to everywhere, right? to everywhere. In, yeah. Yeah, it was interesting. It was an interesting discussion as I waited for my pizza to be made. And it was reported that it was reported um, that Dara, they offered Dara um, $100 million if he can maintain a valuation right. of $120 billion for 90 days. And I would argue if he can do that, he deserves a billion dollars. What's he going to do? Well, do that's do the that? thing. These guys have to convince their investors to enter into a consensual hallucination with them that Uber is worth more than, get this, at $120 billion, Delta. Uh, American Airlines, mm-hmm. Ford Motors, Matson Shipping, and let's throw in JetBlue. And we still don't have the value of what they've asked uh, Dara to convince the marketplace Uber's worth. So Lyft, shitty business. Uber at these current valuations that they're discussing is an overvalued business, but it's still a juggernaut. I mean, right. so it's 11 billion in revenue. 11 right? billion in revenue, but, and I hate to fall back on this term because it's amorphous and reflex memory mm-hmm. when people are trying to find reasons to justify uh, an irrational valuation. But the Uber brand is probably one of the most important brands in the global wealthier affluent class globally. We're soaking up again all the disposable income because it's probably the first and the last brand you interact with when you're on the road. So it's literally the first and last company I interact with when I'm in any foreign city. And they do a great job. So the opportunities for them to get into adjacent businesses, the fact that they're going to have all this data on the global wealthy, about commerce, about your traffic start serving you ads hey you're you're early at the airport here's a ten dollar certificate or something at the you know the duty free here at Heathrow they're just gonna there's a lot of places that uber could go and the fact that they've been able to execute against that with uber eats shows that this is a management team that knows how to take advantage of this of this shitty but right. enormous business that's established unbelievable consumer trust unbelievable brand equity well the, the, the- 
So there's there's issues around. Come on, I mean, you're being like a big like pretending things don't exist. They've got issues around drivers. I get dozens and dozens of driver stuff, and I talk to them a lot. It's just we're, we're it's on the backs of pe- other people's work essentially what 100%. they're doing. And then meanwhile, not just them, but like Google here, which owned five percent of yep. um, Uber for a long. Yep. They've been invested for a long time which I think they invested like yep. 250 million and sat quietly while all the crap was going down. Wait, what's, way, what, what's going down? Um, they're going to make Wait, about $5 billion. What's going They're going to make, uh, 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 Google itself is going to do really well in this thing. It's they all the same chunk, people that own these companies. 5%. Yes. Well, yeah, but I mean, Google particularly, which is really interesting. And, and, the, and they also get a lot of money from maps right. and things like that and pay Google pay and stuff like that. So, you know, it is it's an interesting situation um, of who's going to benefit here, but it's definitely not the drivers. I mean, let's be honest; they're just um, they're just getting screwed essentially. And in this case, the investors will, especially taking this big flyer. You're talking about making everyone just believe. You know, Dara will be paid a lot of money for this um, if he gets them to believe and does jazz hands. For jazz hands, I love that. That's what they. That's what they should call jazz this hands. entire unicorn class IPO strategy. Jazz hands. That's awesome. Jazz hands. I'm that's our to, movie. That's call, jazz hands. Call it jazz hands. That Bob Fosse movie. I'm going to go see it. All right. We're going to take a quick break. And when we get back, we're going to do wins and fails and predictions with Scott Galloway and I on Pivot. Support for this podcast comes from Constant Contact. If you're a business owner, you already know that it's really, really hard to cut through the noise of everyday life. If you want to connect with your customers, you need to break through the noise. You need Constant Contact. Constant Contact is a marketing platform that makes it easy to reach new audiences, grow your customer list, and connect over email, text, social media, and more. Whether you're a marketing guru or just learning the ropes, Constant Contact offers writing assistance tools and automation features that make it simple to say the right thing at the right time. So get going and start growing your business today with a free trial at ConstantContact.com. Just go to ConstantContact.com right now. Constant Contact, helping the small stand tall. ConstantContact.com. All right, back to our show. I'm here with Scott Galloway. He is in New York. I am in San Francisco. Um, we are talking about jazz hands, um, which is, by the way, I want to see that that Bob Fosse movie that they made. Apparently, he wasn't a very nice man. Did you did see all that jazz hands. with Roy um, Scheider? Yes, but this is a new one with Sam Rockwell and uh, what's her name? The actress, she's great. Michelle Williams. Michelle yeah. Williams Jessica Lange played that role in the 80s. I love Jessica Lange. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. Great actress. Do you? Do you watch her and all those Ryan Murphy things? By the way, he's working for Netflix now. Um, do you watch? Do you watch the uh, the horror? Whatever. I'm I don't. I'm all about. I'm. I'm basically watching. I'm watching She's one thing right now. I'm not interested in my kids. I'm not interested in work. I am interested in the King of the North. Mm-hmm. And winter has come, oh Kara. God. That's it. I'm literally like I did. Uh, an, I was part of an intervention on a guy who was 
addicted to heroin and he basically listened to everybody and he said, I love everyone here. I have a great life. I choose heroin. And he walked out of the room. Well, you know what? I choose winter. I, I choose. I am putting everything in my life aside. I'm going to rewatch every episode before. Listen to me. I, I, I can't stop Just, thinking let about it. Let me give it. you some information. Both my children are hooked on it. Hooked. I can't believe I let them watch it. I mean, I, I'm kind of. Not, they're not. Children. Oh, wait, quick they're, trivia question. Quick. But both of them are are hooked on it, and, and Elon Musk loves it. I'm just saying, everybody's watching. I did not watch it. I do not care about King. I'm literally jealous. You have so much amazing viewing ahead of you. Okay, so quick trivia question back to big tech. Is Jeff Jeff Bezos, Jon Snow, uh, uh, hold on. Is he Jon Snow? Is he uh, Cersei? Is he the Night King? Or is he the Prince of Dorne? Which which uh, Which one is Jeff Bezos? Don't say Prince of Dorne. He got his head crushed. That's when I stopped watching that show. Um, let me... I was like, no. Not that it was a handsome man who crushed his head, and I was not expecting it, and I'm now disgusted. All right. So um, I would say the... The, 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 the Night the King? king the, the, not the King of the North. The Night King, yeah. The that's very one. good. I said Cersei, but he's yeah. the Night King because he's coming for all the living. Cersei? It's not Cersei. He's the Night he's King. He's the Night King, yeah. He's the Because he's king. coming for all the living. I, I thought say. that was really clever. I like the Night King. I like. I think the Night King yeah. is misunderstood. That's it's amazing. Anyway, wins and fails. Win, okay. win, 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 win. Go ahead. Um, Facebook uh, nominated its first African American woman to be on yeah. the board, Peggy Alford. Um, she's a big yeah. executive at PayPal, um, and uh, quite an impressive uh, person. She left to do a little work at the Chan Zuckerberg, I think, Foundation. Um, this is this was a great thing uh, because there's only six black women who are senior managers, executives in the U.S., which is one yeah. percent of that management layer. Uh, and it, it and it, it, Facebook employs hardly any uh, women of color uh, at the company. It's really a small amount of its enormous uh, uh, U.S. workforce. But that said, she two people left: Reed uh, Reed Hastings and uh, Erskine Bowles. I think he I think Erskine yeah. aged out, and uh, and um, Reed did not. I think there's you know those are the two big critics of Mark Zuckerberg on that board. So I'm hoping uh, Peggy Alford, you know, puts him through his paces. But I don't know. She's so linked to them. I, I doubt that's going to be happening. A- anybody so who gets yeah. on a board like Facebook is so grateful and sort of excited to be there. They're not going to show up and start kicking ass and taking names. And I, I again, I think it's great yeah, for the reasons you mentioned that she's on the board. But I feel like it's another illusionist trick because at the end of the day, Erskine Bowles and um, Reed Hastings, I think sort of the last vestiges of anything resembling a conscience has left the board. And so it's, yeah. it's, yeah, yeah. I had heard they were the ones that were really drumming it into Mark in, in terms of, problems. yeah. Well, Ken Chanel's on the board. He's a very principled, you know, you know, high character person. Hopefully he's mm-hmm. in there. But at the end of the day, the only, there's only one thing the board uh, can do in a two class shareholder company. And the only thing they can do is all hold hands. Nothing. Have uh, I'll sit around the fire, hold hands, and agree and say, send him a letter publicly saying, you need to resign your CEO. Never. never. I agree. Never. I agree. But otherwise, never they're they're not the they're not a board. They're an advisory board. I've served on two class shareholder companies. We kind of show up and suggest and hope and beg that the CEO does stuff, but you don't really have any power. You don't stamp your feet. Oh, there I'm you go. So disappointed. You don't. St- Why don't you stamp your feet? What do you want to be on that board? What is that? Twenty five thousand dollars a year or whatever the hell the boards pay a lot more than that. Care. A couple hundred thousand. I know that a hundred. I know. I've been yeah, asked especially to be on public boards, company I boards. I I told you the one I was at. I was. To, they called me if I wanted to be interested. Was the one who owns Taco. And what? Why didn't you go on the board? Because I don't eat Taco Bell. Why would I go on a board of yeah. food I think is awful? <laughs> like, come on. They wanted a digitally yeah. oriented person. 
uh, I just, it's a waste of my time and I don't want to be on, a, yeah. on that particular board. And, um, I just, I think I'd be just difficult. I mean, I just recently was asked to be on a board of a media organization that I like a lot. So I may, I may, it's an advisory kind of thing. I don't mind those things. I just rant, but I'm not a good, I'd be a terrible board member. I'd be, ter- I would sneak around and find out what was actually going on. And then I'd reveal, do a big reveal in a board meeting. <laughs> You'd be the journalist. So you say, actually, according to my sources, the board. you know, so. <laughs> yeah, that's probably not who you want. Yeah. I'd love to be on the Facebook board. If he asked me, I would say, yes, I don't care about, con- yes, ma'am. Yeah, that's what I would that say. That doesn't instill a lot of yes, trust ma'am. and insecurity in the boardroom. So my win, uh, Uber yeah, Jolie, the win. CEO of Best Buy, is stepping down. He took over uh, as CEO of Best Buy in 2012. And what do you think the prospects were for Best Buy in 2012? Shitty. Shitty, down Shitty Avenue. Yeah, literally, except down. worse than Sorry. that. And, and he... Yeah. And the stock was at 20. The stock is up 300% since then. And it's really, it's a great uh, example of corporate leadership. And he invested, he said, we're not going to worry about short-term problems to make long-term investments. So the first thing he did was he said, we're going to match every price. And you couldn't walk into a Best Buy without a smartphone, without a blue shirt running up to you and saying, we'll match that price. So they immediately got rid of this whole showrooming phenomena, which was supposed to be kind of the night king to retail, where everyone was going into retail establishments and then mm-hmm. going home and buying it on Amazon. He immediately gutted that by saying, we will match mm-hmm. any price you can pull up on your phone. And speaking of blue shirts, while so everyone was investing in artificial intelligence, he did the gangster move and he zigged while everyone was zagging mm-hmm. and invested in organic intelligence and charted a career path for people uh, assistant managers and managers. And when you go into a Best Buy, the mood, the optimism, the expertise, the the domain knowledge of blue shirts is really outstanding. And it gives mm-hmm. you reason to go into stores because care people no longer go into stores for products. They go in for people. Best Buy's, they've, Yes, I agree. I was just in a store the other oh, day. Oh, Best Buy is wonderful. So it's, a fa- it's, a really so fun, it's a really fun experience. They were Not, the first no, or one of the first other than Home Depot and Walmart maybe to look at their stores not as liabilities, but as assets, and created an infrastructure where they turned these 550 uh, Best Buy stores, actually I think they're the wrong, there's more than that. They turned all their stores into flexible warehouses, and if you live in Delray Beach and order a flat screen TV from Best Buy, you get it faster than you order it from Amazon because they fulfill it, fulfill it out of the Boca Raton Best Buy store. But this guy has really, I mean, he has stared down. There's a great white shark off the shore and he, he, you know, he jumped into the water and, and punched that shark in the nose. And in addition, his, um, mm-hmm. his success. How are we getting sharks? What? Roy Scheider, Roy Scheider Jaws, under, one a hugely underrated actor. Anyways, no, I get it. I get. I get. That's what you're supposed to do, but you should not get. You didn't well, you, jump the in the water. Bottom line, just stay out of the water. Uh, but it, there's no. There's no. Yes, um, exactly. That's uh, my policy. Uh, going back to his successor, a woman named I think I'm going to get. I hope I'm not going to get Corey, Corey Berry. I think her name is, and she's about to become not only mm-hmm. one of the four percent of uh, the 23 CEOs of the S&P 500. There's only four percent female CEOs in the S&P 500. She's going to be the youngest CEO in the S&P. So kudos to the board. Oh, I There you go. She's got to be incredibly perhaps, impressive. Perhaps. She's the CFO there. But, you know, just kudos to Best Buy. Great company, fantastic CEO. You know, they when, when they cut, you know, when they cut onions, onion, onions cry. They were not afraid of Amazon and they took them on full force and they won youngest 
CEO of S&P 500 now, uh, another female. There's been a lot of interesting dynamic female CEOs recently. Helena Folks at um, Hudson Bay. A lot of, a lot of them are in commerce, Katrina at, at uh, Six Fix. There's been a lot of them. So anyways, my winner is Uber Jolie and Best Buy. Great company, great CEO, great tenure. Well done. All right. All right, fail. Fail. I'm going to go with YouTube, the burning of Notre Dame, by the way. Sad, sad place. Um, but they, the links that they put in the info about it uh, uh, were about 9-11 attacks under the Notre Dame fire videos. So say more. Yeah, what happened? I heard about it, but I don't understand what happened. Flag them. Oh, misinf- uh, it just it just was, first of all, misinformation about Notre Dame spread very quickly on social media, but like whatever, that happens every day of the week and twice on Sunday. But, um, you know, they flagged videos, uh, they mistakenly right. as 9-11 conspiracy, um, you know, whatever. Uh, they said, uh, they, they, they made the, their, their, their tool for battling misinformation married what they called the, the wrong call. And so... Uh, so they had they linked it to 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 nine eleven, and then they said in a statement, "We are deeply saddened by the ongoing fire at the Notre Dame Goddamn Cathedral. These panels are triggered algorithmically, and our systems sometimes make the wrong call. We are disabling these panels for live streams related to the fire." So I got to do this on everything, like like oh oh oops, like that kind of thing. So what, what is it? The question I have, and I'm asking this to learn, not to not to answer. But I, I was, and it sounds like really, I was really. Hit when I when I saw when I saw on my Amazon show that Notre Dame was on fire. It actually emotionally kind of shook me, mm-hmm. and I'm trying to figure out why. And the and the response has been it, there's been this overwhelmingly positive, empathetic, wonderful response yeah. globally on this. And I'm trying to figure out what is it about the yeah. Notre Dame that has it evokes so much emotion. Nobody, my understanding is nobody was hurt. Is that right? Well, one firefighter and two police officers were injured, but incredibly, no one was killed. Look, everybody either wants to yeah, go to Paris yeah. or did as a college student. You know what I mean? Everyone, and that is the, that is what you, th- you think of the Eiffel Tower, yep. which is more about modern France, right? In the modernist where, and you think about Notre Dame, it's right in the middle of the yeah. city. Yeah. It's on the left and right bank, right? Um, and so I think everyone has, a, has a, either a hope or dream or has a memory of going there, right? One or the other. And so, and it's, you know, it's beautiful. It's lasted for so long. It just doesn't, it changes and it doesn't change. It's the scene for so many iconic photographs of Paris and stuff. I think everyone has a relationship with Paris in some way, right? Everybody in the world. It's like New York. Everyone has a relationship with New York City. Um, And so, you know, there's very few iconic things in this world. I would say the Golden Gate Bridge is one. Uh, you know, not the Twin Towers, but the Eiffel Tower. I mean, it was terrible what happened to the Twin Towers, but I think more the, the Empire State Building in New York or the Chrysler Building uh, in, in London, probably um, probably Parliament, I guess. You know what I mean? Or maybe yep. the Buckingham Palace, you know, all over the world. Uh, the Taj Mahal, uh, the, the Great Wall. You could, go, you could circle the world and pick 10 to 12 things that everybody thinks about, right? So that's, to me, what's, what's going on, like that you have the relationship with these iconic. I, I like you more right now than I've ever you. liked you. That was gangster. That was almost poetic. <laughs> Wait, let me, hold on. The Notre Dame is all of our hopes and dreams. Uh, we, I, I'm going to donate the first $10,000 to have that inscribed somewhere on, on the Notre Dame. That was poetic. I, they're not going to have inscriptions. They're not that, the French are classy people. They're not going to have, like, here, that, that would totally be like the US You don't like the arch in St. Louis? Like, did you see Water Staples cannons. Stadium in oh LA? God. Come on. Good God. We have some masterpieces. Yeah. So my loser. So look, uh, I think the unicorn class. God, I sound just, mine just sucks compared to yours. Um, 
The unicorn class, I think, is the big loser this year for all the excitement and all the analysts who will come on and talk about disruption and use words like network effects. I think that, and this is a prediction, I think when we look at 2019 in retrospect, all of the unicorns that have gone public will have lost more market cap than they've gained. I think that their IPO prices hmm. combined, their their market cap combined will be greater on the day of their IPOs than it will be 12 months on. I think the unicorn class is going to lose in, in 19. All right. That's a good one. That's a great one. No, oh, I hate All that. Right, Never mind. Let me use more amorphous words. No, I love that. Yep. 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 Um, so, so, so talk now to me about. Yeah, well, that's a prediction, prediction. and it indicates a larger issue here. And that is, and hopefully Representative Nadler's comments are adding to this drip, drip, drip that starts to become something real. But I think we have a small group of companies that have basically cut off the oxygen from almost everyone else. And even unicorns are having a tough time getting out. You know, I mean, you need realize if Amazon or Facebook announced, put out any sort of press release talking about using the word pins or boards, they could basically, they could basically screw the the Pinterest IPO. Yes, of course. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. But, you know, Amazon's tried different things and hasn't been successful just because they try and look, lots of companies say the things. I don't know. I like I don't them, know but Amazon, I like the Pinterest. Amazon can I now like, not, perform not, Jedi yeah. mind tricks and just basically start killing a company by just yes. thinking ill of it and putting out press releases. They could absolutely, mm. they could. Really they could take jam. more likely Facebook, really but if Facebook announced an initiative with Instagram that involves some sort of pins or boards, I don't think Pinterest gets out. Ugh, they have had a record of failure when they do that. Just so you know, they've had like they've tried to do all kinds yeah, well, of like I, copycats of a lot of things. The only one that worked was Instagram, and that's because of Kevin's sister, hmm. in my estimation. It's going to be interesting. Creative, an interesting person. Um, and it, we'll see. We'll see where it goes. We'll see where it goes. So um, my prediction is that code is going to be amazing. That's my prediction. I just we just announced Stacey Abrams is coming to talk about uh, wow, Fair Fight. Good for you. I know. Thank you. I got oh I got a big one. I can't say right now, but I got one that you're going to love. You're going to be so excited to be there for this. Is is Kit Harrington coming? Sure. That's the only person um, I want to meet. No, why wouldn't I like hug him? Like why would I have a face off? Think of someone I'd face off with. Like there's a lot. But, you know, it's going to be good. It's going to be a mano a mano, Actually, interesting. You should interview him just for, just because he's like four foot ten. He's tiny. He was on, I've met him. He was on Saturday Night Live, and I'm like, oh, my God, he looks like my paper boy. The guy is so tiny. He's not the king of the north. He's tiny. He's a, I did an event. I did a lot. I, I was very close to Richard Plepler. And so whenever they had premieres, yeah. we used to do premieres here in Silicon Valley. And the geeks loved it. And as I told you, they came dressed up. They'd bring the, 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 the Iron Throne, which I'm certain is made of plastic. Um, and they, uh, it was some knives, you know, taped on it and people would sit and take pictures. But one year we did it uh, and they brought in yeah. George R.R. R. Martin and then the two creators of the show, I forget their names. And I did a stage interview with them, which was great. Um, and they also brought all the cast members. He was one of them. They Cersei, brought, uh, yeah. Dragon No, no, I'm Lady. not Cersei. Um, Daenerys, brought, I'm sorry. Brought, oh God, bite my tongue. No, not Cersei. Daenerys, right. They, they're, they're right. They brought her. They brought, I don't know. They were all looking good. They're all look good looking people. But they sat there and they came to the thing. And it was a very exciting thing. But he wasn't that small. He was like small the way actors are small. Well, the, the screens are, the screens like, are horizontal. Like, so you have Tom Cruise, you know, whatever he was, 5'9". There are the stars. And Tom Selleck was never a movie star because he was too tall. But anyways, little, oh, another big I'm prediction I can't resist. And this is important. Is it? This is important. And right, I, I don't say this lightly because it has impact on society. And it's a controversial statement. But Jamie Lan Lannister is going to kill Cersei. Right. You heard it here, Kara. I oh, choose heroin. 
I choose heroin. I am doing nothing but Game of no. Thrones for the next literally like five weeks. Do not call me. Do not bother me. Winter is coming. Winter <laughs> is coming. Oh my god! Oh, it's the a television movement. show. My, you'll be on to it's the next joy. one. Vibes. Oh my god! Well, it's it's ending. Let me give you some information. Just like all things in life, it's ending. That will be that, and then you can watch endless reruns of it, and then be like, oh, "Why did I ever watch this? It's so confusing and violent. Vitamin water, marijuana, and Game oh, of Thrones. Such a man and just show. let me no, check out. I am ready to go. Take me, God. I'm Whatever. waiting. Okay. Thank all right. you, Kara. All right. Thank you, Scott. It's time to go. What else are you doing this week? What are you doing this oh, week? I'm super excited. I'm my, doing a lot of stuff. kids are going to be in to town, say. and uh, we're going to do a bunch of New York stuff. We're going to go see the new, what's it called? The Octagon or Hexagon over in Hudson Yards. Oh, Hudson Yards. Yeah, yeah. And I want to, yeah, we're probably going to go see a play and be tourists in our own town. So. Do you like Hudson Yards? My girlfriend works there. I think Hudson Yards Hates it. is, Hates it. is um, it's I don't quite understand Hudson Yards. I think it's just so far out there. I love it. But I, look, it took vision. I really like Dan Dockdorf and all the people that made that happen. I think it's an, mm -hmm. an inspiration, but I just, whenever I go over there, I think, okay, how the hell do I get out of here? I find it difficult to get right. in and out of Hudson Yards, but that's, that's not here point. Anyway, thank you so much, Scott. Thank I'm you. I'm going to go now. See Rebecca Sinanes produces his show. Nishat Kirwa is the executive producer. Thanks also to Eric Johnson. Thanks for listening to Pivot from Vox Media. We'll be back next week with more of a breakdown of all things tech and business. If you like what you heard, please subscribe, rate, and review Pivot on Apple Podcasts.